And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to flight number 314 with service from Chicago to Dallas. We are now ready to begin boarding. Please take a look at your boarding passes and listen for your group to be called before approaching the gate. What group are we, honey? We're group two. We should be on soon. We'd first like to invite any elderly passengers or those needing special assistance. All right, we'll now begin boarding all parents traveling with small children. And all children traveling with small parents. Put that plane. Sorry, he, he loves planes. We now invite our One World Alliance members, Diamond Advantage partners. All frequent fly girls, air buds. First class, X-Men first class. And X-Men business class. This is taking a long time. Honey, they're a commercial airline. I think they know what they're doing. We'd now like to invite all foreign passengers who have not yet been called to ignore us and try to board anyway. Once again, we're asking all Brazilian and Italian passengers to begin pushing and shouting and selectively understanding English. We'd now like to welcome any travelers with carry-ons that have no chance of fitting in the overhead compartment. Now that we've boarded your flight, today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, Southwest Airlines reaches a settlement for $140 million over last year's holiday meltdown. We'll tell you how you can get part of it. And the TSA finds bullets wrapped in a diaper at LaGuardia Airport. Bullets in a diaper. Those stories next in the news. Airlines are fiddling with their frequent flyer programs. Expect hotels to do the same, perhaps even restaurants. And why? Well, it's no longer important if you fly on the plane or stay in the hotel. It only matters how often you use the airline's branded credit card. More insight in our Smarter Travelers segment at 1120. Travelers are showing up at airports security with loaded guns and other prohibited items with great regularity. So if you did that, do you just apologize and go on about your travels? Perhaps not. Just trying to get some of those things on a plane will cost you a hefty fine. Details at 11.35. In our odds and ends segment at 11.50, we tell you which gift cards are most valuable by travel, most valued by travelers. We'll help you figure out which cards are not only popular, but which ones offer the best value. Twas the day before the night before Christmas. Got that? Awesome. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And as Mark said, welcome to the the night before, the night before Christmas Eve. And, of course, the, the, the line and everything, everybody, thing that everybody's saying and looking at each other and go, are you ready for Christmas? Yeah. Are you ready for Christmas? How about you, Mark? Are you ready for Christmas? I'm going to take a whole bunch of folks uh, up to a cool little restaurant at the Holbrook Hotel in Grass Valley tomorrow for a Christmas Eve celebration. For one of the few times I'm not traveling over Christmas this year for the first time in long time last year was supposed to go to portland and couldn't go 
So um, happy to be uh, happy to be taking some folks up up there tomorrow. Hey, listen, I want to just throw in something here. This doesn't have anything to do with travel at all. I just it has to do with a local resource. You know, um, this is a, we're on a radio station, and local media outlets have been under a lot of pressure in recent years, particularly print media outlets. Um, I would suggest the Sacramento Bee is but a shadow of its former self. And uh, but one print item in town that really is doing a good job, in my opinion, is this, is the Sacramento News and Review. Um, they have every. It seems like every week there are really cool stories that are really community community oriented that would be completely lost if it wasn't for the News and Review. So I just I sent them a check for a few bucks last week and thought, you know, this is something that I would like to keep around. So just if you have the opportunity, it's mostly an online publication. Uh, now, but it's uh, they really do some good work. Anyway, I just wanted to to throw that out. All right, very good. Uh, let's see anything else we need to cover before we get to it. Let's just go for it. All right, at the top of every Travel Guys Radio Show, we begin by bringing you up to date on the travel news, and of course, with our travel news again today. Once again, Mark Hoffman. I can't wait to share this. New York City TSA agents found 17 bullets, quote, artfully concealed, end quote, in a clean disposable diaper that a man was trying to bring on a plane at LaGuardia Airport on Wednesday. They found it Wednesday morning. A uh, man's bag triggered an, e- an alarm in an X-ray unit at a security checkpoint. When officers searched inside the man's bag, they found the diaper, which had 17 9-millimeter bullets wrapped inside. Uh, the gentleman's not been identified, and he said, as mm-hmm. our buddies at I TSA... Had no sa- idea. I had no idea those. Oh, my gosh. That's how I always transport my bullets. And yep, and my I, I was just hunting last week. Exactly. Later, he said his girlfriend must have placed them in the bag because <laughs> she meant to put the diaper on the baby, and instead she put it on the bullets. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, uh, earlier this year, they found a grenade in, in Milwaukee and, uh, cattle prods tucked inside a guitar case at Dulles airport. So, um, some strange stuff. Hey, listen, later on in the program, um, just by coincidence, we have a story that talks a little bit about, you know, bringing some of these things like loaded guns and stuff to TSA. You don't get to just you know, say, oh, I am so sorry I did that, and, and they take it and, you you know, you take it back to the car or something. No, it doesn't quite work that way. So um, people who do those kinds of things are, are facing some fines. We have some more information on that later on in the program. Alaska Airlines is raising its checked bag fees to match those of United, American, and Delta. You, uh, Alaska's fees go up 5 bucks the 2nd of January. First checked bag will be $35. Second one will be 45 this matches what uh, the other major carriers are doing, which leads me to wonder, now that Alaska has brought up themselves up to everybody else, will everybody else go up five bucks? Um, we will see. Baggage on an airplane. Remember, it's not the airline ticket that makes the airlines the money anymore. It's all this miscellaneous stuff and your usage of their credit card and all of those lovely things. Who needs to sell people tickets that's just a front for all this other stuff. We've talked about Amsterdam's big airport. It's called Schiphol Airport. It has a lot of people who go to Europe connect in Amsterdam, and they have been trying to cut down the number of flights there 
just to cut down the amount of noise. Um, the airport is in a, I won't call it a residential area, but an area where there are people who live on all sides of it, as are many large international airports. And so uh, Schiphol went on a goal to try to reduce the number of flights that fly out of the airport. They were met by um, about 12% they were trying to reduce for next year. They were met by complete resistance by airlines, by countries that own or support airlines, and they have given up. So they're not going to try to reduce. And and, and what this kind of tells me is that Everybody thinks it's a great idea that we stop warming up the planet and that we do something just to, to slow down or stop all of this, but let's wait and let somebody else do it. So I think this is another example of that. At some point in time, folks, somebody's going to have to say, you know what, we need to do this for the good of everybody, and until we decide to do that, um, then anytime it's somebody, I mean, this is a pretty major move by a pretty major international airport trying to cut their capacity by double digits for a year and literally they just got completely run out of the water so we'll see all right southwest airlines has reached a 140 million dollar settlement over their holiday flight meltdown last year if you remember um everything that could go wrong went wrong it it multiplied on them uh once flights and once planes and flight crews and baggage and people were all displaced it just got worse. And because the system was so overwhelmed, there was no way to get a hold of Southwest. People spent a lot of time on hold and etc. Um, so Southwest is paying a pretty hefty fine for that. Um, in addition, there's a $35 million outright fine that they have to pay. Um, and then they get some credit because, Tom, as you know, you were one of these people, I think. Right, right. Um, they sent out um, a whole bunch of credits for compensation to people who were affected. Frequent flyer mile points, which the government has put a, a value on. And they have, uh, uh, and of course, they gave out many vouchers to people who didn't travel last year. You know, with that being said, Mark, uh, us that were displaced and got, you know, some compensation, which, of course, is worth half of what it was a year ago at this time. Yeah, true. Is there, is there, is there, uh, I understand there may be a way for us to uh, apply for more moving forward, or how's that going to work? This is kind of interesting. Yeah, there's nothing in here for people who, if if you didn't get something from Southwest for what happened last year already, then you're not, this settlement is not going to bring you anything. But this is kind of, kind of interesting. Um, starting next spring and running until April of 2027, so that's a full three-plus years, Southwest will provide a voucher of at least $75 to travelers who request them if they reach their destination at least three hours late because of a delay or flight cancellation caused by the airline. So not caused by weather or something like that. It has to be something mechanical or operational by the airline. Let me repeat that. For Southwest passengers starting next spring, and running until April 2027. doesn't say what next spring is, but sometime this coming spring, and for three years after, Southwest will provide a voucher of at least $75 to travelers who request them if they're at least three hours late and the delay was caused by the airline. So it sounds to me like these will not be automatic. Yeah. That you will have to go and ask for them. I don't know if the – it says at least $75, so if it's more than that, will that be based on the amount of airfare that you paid? 
the amount of flight distance, the amount of delay um, doesn't really doesn't clarify that. But it's kind of interesting. That's the first time I can recall an airline being fined in advance. Um, basically, it gives them an incentive to have fewer flights that are delayed. That's their fault by three hours or more, which is kind of an interesting way to handle the fine. I've never seen DOT do that before. So if you're flying southwest um, after this spring and you find a, a delay of three hours or more and you think it was the airline's fault that that happened, then I would inquire about this. And let us know if you have a situation like that and it occurs and how the airline um, responds for all of that. All right. Um, Southwest Pilots, also in the news this week, they, they have a contract. They haven't ratified it yet. A new contract that over the length of it will give them an increase of 50% in, wow. uh, in their salary. Yeah, that's uh, some of it is immediate. Some of it is future increases. But 50%, that follows the uh, pilots for just about every other major airline this summer that have put their foot down and gotten more money out of the carriers. They're all making record profits. So the employees who work there want their share. And as we've also speculated that uh, – the people who work the ground operations and the flight attendants and all those folks, they're going to come with their hands out, too, and good for them. I mean, sometimes the hardest-working people on the airline are the people that, that are loading your baggage onto the plane or crawling in there. I have a, a cousin who does that and has uh, had knee operations and all that kind of jazz because of crawling around on his knees inside of airplanes for 25 years. Anyways, that's enough of that babbling, and that is your travel news for today. And we are the Travel Guys, Mark and Tom, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. By the way, don't forget now, we've got a Christmas present for you here from the Travel Guys, and that is the Rudy's Hideaway Special going on at Rudy's Hideaway over there off of uh, Hazel Avenue, off of 50, and it's twenty nine ninety five for a six-ounce lobster tail meal with rice pilaf, vegetables, the butter, the sourdough bread, and all of that. So that's our Christmas present to you, and it will uh, run through uh, into January. So stop by Rudy's and uh, and do that. Yeah, well, and especially if you've been entertaining or you're about to entertain a whole bunch of friends, relatives, whatever, over the holidays, why wouldn't it be nice to be able to just kind of sneak away with your significant other or a couple of close friends and have your own little holiday dinner away from the, the, the mad crowd there. 30 bucks for a six-ounce lobster. Good, good deal. Thank you for, to, to the folks at Rudy's Hideaway. Yeah, and tell them the travel guy sent you. All right, coming up, we're going to dig into this, uh, how that the airlines are fiddling around with your frequent flyer program. So are the hotels. Not good news. That's next here on the Travel Guys. The merriest of Christmas, the happiest of holidays. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark and Tom, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. No longer a new time here uh, every Saturday at 11 o'clock. By the way, at TravelGuysRadio.com, you can can actually sign up for our podcasts. And we'll uh, notify you ahead of time as to when the podcast is available so you don't have to go poking around waiting for it. And uh, we also have a, a spot there where you can leave questions for the travel guys. Uh, Mark will answer a, a lot of them by way of uh, email. And 
We here on the program, we will uh, we'll do a bit uh, from time to time, a segment where we answer your travel questions on the air, too. So check it out at TravelGuysRadio.com. Okay, Mark, I was looking at my Southwest uh, rewards. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to have, uh, oh, I don't know, 150000 or 100 whatever, which, you know, I used for a couple of trips for my granddaughters from Austin, Texas to Sacramento. They have dwindled. You know, I think I have just about enough to pay for uh, half a leg to, to nowhere. Uh, it, they just, you know. I, I went to, it, it, it's really interesting because people, you know, the, the airlines, the hotels, the credit card companies, the big bonuses, you know, sign up for our card, $100,000 oh, yeah. bonus, um, spend $3,000 in the first 90 days, we'll give you an extra 25000 Here's the amazing stuff you can do with these miles. And the stuff that they used to tell you was pretty amazing. You know, round trip for two to Hawaii, a week in New York City, and now it's like uh, two tickets to Pawtucket and three nights at the Days Inn um, because the miles aren't going as far. Let me give you a direct example. Frequently at sports leisure vacations, when we take people on the road, there's always a tour director that goes with them. And frequently we will use, because as you might imagine, we accumulate a lot of airline miles and uh, and points for hotel chains. So we use those to transport the tour director often, buy their ticket with miles, pay for their hotel with miles. I have a trip to Key West every year, and I've been getting my hotel room with miles because the hotel in Key West is very expensive in the neighborhood of $400 a night. So when you use miles for that, or points, saves my company about $1,200 for a three-night stay. So it's a sizable sum of money. Last year, the same day pattern of the week, same time of the year, third week of January, Monday through Wednesday nights, everything exactly the same. Last year, the rooms were 66000 points per night. This year, the rooms were 111,000 points. Wow. A Talk more about than, inflation. A more than 50% increase. That's just an example, but it's an example of what I've been running in as I do the, into as I do these tour director placements around the country. All of them are higher. It used to be that you would run into, it wasn't completely unheard of to run into a courtyard or even a mainline hotel in Marriott or a, or a Hilton on a weekend particularly a Saturday or a Sunday night, which oftentimes, if there isn't a special event, is a slow time for a, for a hotel. And you could find rooms for 18, 20, 25,000 points. Um, that just is not happening anymore. Unless you get into a rural hotel during an off day of the week or an off time of the year, winter time, uh, if you're going anywhere near anything that is of any uh, consequence as a tourism destination, then the point values that are required to get those rooms are about, I'd say, are running 50%, 60% higher than they were just a couple of years ago or pre-COVID. Um, airline miles, you'll notice that when they plug their own credit cards now, they used to say, well, um, here's what it'll get for you. But now they frequently do not say that because the, the, what it will get for you is very unpredictable. The airlines are now, and the hotels all go with dynamic pricing. Um, Starbucks changed their their redemptions just recently because McDonald's did the same thing because they obviously felt that people were earning too many points and redeeming too many things, and it was impacting their bottom line. The companies have the ability. It's like their own printing press. They can print their own points and miles. They can decide how much 
it costs you to redeem those. So in essence, it's their own currency, their own bank. They, they decide how much you have to deposit or how much they will give you for, for doing business with them and then how much in return that you have to use. They're moving the goalposts on a regular basis. Our buddy Chris Elliott had a uh, – he's down in South America currently – had a an item on Travelers United and then also on his own website, Elliot.org, this week, talking about whether or not the U.S. Transportation Department should open an investigation into frequent flyer programs. And indeed, it is Chris's opinion that that has already happened and that um, the U.S. government is already – he has some, some connections that tell him that – there already is an investigation going on behind the scenes into these programs. You can expect the airlines and hotels to lobby very strongly. Um, but what's happened here is that they've created this thing where nobody really knows. It's like the cost of a hotel room. You don't know what the resort fee is going to pop up on the last screen, so you don't really know what the cost of the hotel room is until you get all the way to the end. Well, it's the same way here. Until you go to redeem those miles and points, you're not going to know what they're going to get for you. In the old days, you knew that a ticket one way was 25,000 miles and round trip was 50,000 miles, and that held true pretty much except for during Christmas and Thanksgiving. Not the case anymore. So it's time, I believe, I'm not a huge fan of, of government oversight. I think it oftentimes wastes a lot of money. But this is a situation where these guys need to be put on notice. There needs to be some type of rules and regulations. I'm not sure how they pull it off, but they, they either have to do it or they have to convince the airlines, hotels, and other people who use these programs that they're going to do it and that it's going to be effective to make them behave themselves. Well, we'll have to get into it uh, when we have a little more time. But, boy, I, I got a great email from Southwest. I was so excited. They, they, were, they were selling. They were selling rewards points mm -hmm. with a huge discount, I mean, like 50% uh, off. And uh, I, I, I think we've talked about that. That's, that's a great idea, isn't it, Mark? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should it's I a great idea. Right they don't sell you anything at a loss. So no matter, when <laughs> no matter what the price is, just remember they're not selling you anything at a loss. Our uh, final show, obviously, before uh, Christmas comes and goes. Yeah. We'll be back again next weekend, Saturday, to uh, join you for a before New Year's Eve Eve uh, show. That sounded like the like an old KFBK staff holiday greeting. You know, it sounded kind of scratchy. and um, It could be. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wrote and produced uh, a uh, an entire jingle package for KFBK many years ago when I, I ran a production company in a recording studio. And uh, we had an actual song uh -huh. about KFBK, you know, keeping you current, in touch with the world, you know, blah, 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 blah. Looking, yes. look, listening to it now, it's kind of like, man, that was friggin' tacky. We were sitting Are you around kidding? Somebody actually paid money for that? I. We were sitting around the other day talking about how, uh, you know, things that have gone from radio and television, and we were talking about traffic reports, about how, you know, now traffic reports, somebody sits and looks at a computer screen, and it tells them where traffic is slowed down in the city or, or stuff like that. I remember the old days of, of Commander Bill and, you know. And Joe Miano, Joe two airplanes. Ex two airplanes in the sky at the same time, and the Marconi curve, and over the top, and all of these descriptions of places around town that you'd have to be at least 50 years old to know because I don't think there's anybody under 50 in town who can tell you what the Marconi curve is. Um, right? 
because probably it's, that's not even the main highway through town anymore. It's not even called yeah. Interstate 80 anymore. So there you go. The WX. Yeah, yeah the over over the top. Yes, the WX, which has been under construction since what, um, eighteen twenty seven, I believe, is when they started that project. Um, something maybe, like maybe something to, like that. Yeah, maybe to be done so, for those of us who go to the airport at weird hours of the day, particularly really early in the morning and late at night. The lane configurations on the way to the airport on Highway 50 can be a real, real entertaining. You have to pay attention at 3:30 in the morning because it might not be the way it was last week at 3:30 in the morning or even yesterday. So, anyways, enough enough silliness. With that, a couple of things here that I wanted to share with our listeners, Tom. We talked about how the things that people are taking through TSA and what, you know, how many guns and loaded guns. And and you and I have marveled at the fact that how do you get how do you even get to security with a loaded gun? Right. Well, we've talked about how that happens yeah. with uh, with Sid and Dale. You know, it's the old uh, uh, start with an empty bag. A lot of people use the excuse that they had packed a bag for another purpose. Mm-hmm. It had a had a hunting thing. It had a gun in it. They didn't bother to clean it out before they packed it for their next trip. And voila, there it is. Yes. So you show up. You show up at TSA, and there's the gun, and you know the light bells and whistles go off, and they stop you and. All that kind of jazz, and now you've got to take if you have a license for the gun, and you, you're, it's okay to have it. Why you've got to take it and secure it someplace so that you can travel. So that's the end of the end of everything, right? No, yeah. no, 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 no. no. Um, the TSA will charge you a fine based on the type of prohibitive item that you have possessed. Unloaded, unloaded firearms, two thousand and fifty dollars to forty-one hundred dollars. Not sure how they come up with this strange amounts maybe we'll we'll ask our tsa guys but basically two to four grand if it's not loaded loaded firearms four to ten thousand dollars roughly now is this happening right now i mean when we talk about uh uh the guy who had the bullets in the diaper or whatever people on uh, these people have been getting fined well that would be interesting because that's not a loaded firearm that's just that's, that's you know true. that probably falls into a different category but if you if you have a unloaded firearm with accessible ammunition it's treated the same as a loaded firearm mm-hmm. so if the guy with the diaper had the bullets in the diaper but there had been a gun with it it would have been considered a loaded firearm even though it wasn't technically loaded um, here are some other things any flammable liquid or gel fuels like I'm guessing you know things like sterno and stuff like that uh, included but not limited to gasoline, lighter fluids, cooking fuels, turpentine, and paint thinners will cost you between roughly $400 and $2,200 to take through TSA. So they've got a whole list of fines based on what you may be trying to get through. So this isn't just a, oh, my goodness, I forgot and I'm so sorry. Um, I'll put this in my car and get on my way to Kansas City. It doesn't quite work that way. Now, remember, folks, when you travel with food, that jello mold that you're going to take to Grandma's house could be detected as some sort of a liquid, ex- plastic explosive or whatever. So be sure to take it out and declare it immediately. Yeah. And, of course, remember, anything, the rule the guys were telling us the last time is that if you can turn it upside down and it stays in the container, it's right? a solid. Yep. If it comes out of the container, it's a liquid. So if the Jello mold, if you could keep it on ice until you get to the airport and get all the way through security with it, 
then it'll still be a solid. But if it <laughs> slips out of the bowl under the uh, security, no, I'm just kidding. But you're right in that uh, you're, you're, people are really creative. That's why it's kind of interesting. I, I, I waited from Wednesday, you know, today's Saturday, hoping there would be some more backstory to that bullet and even looked all over the, the Internet this morning uh, with some of my sources hoping on Saturday morning to find something else about the the, bull, bu- the diaper full of bullets, a clean diaper, I might add. But anyway, if you decide that you are going to be careless and or you're just trying to, for fun, trying to get something through TSA and seeing if you can do it, if you don't get away with it, then it looks like that you're going to pay between a couple thousand and ten thousand bucks. So make sure you check your bank account before you try to pull something like that just in case. Hey, Tom. You know what the dirtiest spot is? What do you suppose the dirtiest spot is on an airplane? Well, you know, excluding, you know, the toilet, uh, I've always felt, and it's the first place I clean with my little wipes, mm-hmm. is the tray top mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, in the, at the plane. Uh, the drop down, uh, you clean that puppy off because anything could have happened on that tray top, including somebody deciding that that's a great place to change your kid's diaper. Mm-hmm. So that's my guest uh, is the is the tray top. Well, according to a test conducted by a travel reporter at the Washington Post earlier this year, um, you are partially correct um, because well, that's did, my life story right he, there. He did two studies. Partially he did two right. studies. Um, the tray table surfaces had more than eight times the amount of bacteria per square inch than even the lavatory flush button. Oh my gosh! However. See? The yeah. dirtiest spot on an airplane consistently is, are the lock and the door handle to the lavatory. Oh, wow. The inside lock and the inside door handle. So this gentleman has an idea, which is something that I already do, so I, I, I think it's a great idea. When you're dry, you know, you, you obviously you were in the bathroom in an airplane, so certainly you washed your hands. I mean, mm-hmm. you would never leave the bathroom without with not washing your hands because, after all, then you are the contributor to what we're talking about. So you wash your hands and you take the towel and you, you know, dry your hands as best you can. Before you throw the towel in the garbage, you use the use towel it. to open yeah. the lock and open the sure. door. And I see do. a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's How about a, going in, though? You, when going in, you don't you don't have that little towel well, there. Well, hypothetically, Tom, if you, I mean, I'll, I'll explain this to you as gently as I can. Hypothet- <laughs> hypothetically, you didn't pee on your fingers before you went into the bathroom. <laughs> so, or no, touch. But who knows where your fingers were before that, well, though? Even oh, if you, goodness. I mean. Um, and so when you're going into the bathroom, as, as you've noticed, you know, there's all these surfaces. Obviously, there's a toilet bowl there, and there's all these other things. So airline bathrooms are such a joy anyway, um, trying to get into one and do. And then, the, you know, they've got those. If you're, if you're a man and you're used to performing some of your bathroom duties while standing, um, you know, the airlines have these little graphics that show you that, no, you're not supposed to do that. And I'm looking at that fuselage which is curved you know and i'm like five eight so i come up almost to the top of it what does some poor guy do who's six four i guess he has to sit down because otherwise uh, does he go in half at a time um (laughs) or how does that all i mean can you imagine basketball players and stuff who are seven foot tall trying to use that just must be really interesting well that's why they they have a i don't know if their charter planes have a you know taller taller uh, head room or whatever but yeah that would be a 
be an issue. Do you ever see the movie, uh, I think it's National Lampoon's Vegas with Chevy Chase, and he he goes into the restroom. He drops something into the toilet, and he sticks his hand in and fishes it out, and when he's all done, his hand is blue because they always put that <laughs> chemical stuff in there that's blue, and his arm is totally stained from from top to bottom, and he comes out of the, the bathroom with this blue arm. Everybody's looking, going, well, I know where you've been. It's so disgusting. I mean, there's not anything about airline restrooms that are positive. And, of course, if you're in the back of the plane, then people are waiting to use the restroom, generally in the aisle next to your seat, and the flight attendant's trying to work out of that tiny space in the back there, and the toilet's there, and not everything that people do in the restroom is always... Um, non-odiferous, shall we say, um, when those doors open. So it's just, I can't, yeah, it's, it's you, it, the best thing to do is try to use another facility. But if you must, on an airplane, just know that um, maybe wear rubber gloves on the way in and dispose them when you when you come out. But anyway, dirtiest spots. Dirty you had a flight, plane, yeah. yeah, had a flight not too long ago, and uh, they announced at the beginning, uh, by the way, only the restroom in the back is available. The front one is uh, off limits and broken and whatever. All right. Here's um, some more. We, we talked about having an odds and ends segment. The back half of the show is kind of mostly odds and ends today. Um, here are a couple of of things. What's the, what, what most perturbs you in a hotel room? When you check into a hotel, is it, is, do you have like a pet peeve? Because I have one. It lines up with what this writer has shared. Well, you know, um, I do. Uh, it, it's... Generally speaking, really, really bad uh, shower heads in some uh-huh. uh, in, in some hotels. Uh, they've gotten better. Sometimes I find some that are way better than the ones I have at home. But bad shower heads is a is a biggie. And then, of course, if you're in older hotels, immediately you're taking a look and seeing where you can plug your devices in. Yeah. And in the older ones, there's there's little or none. Uh, and, and or except for one all the way across the room by the TV, and, uh-huh. and and that's not where you want to have to plug your phone in. You want it close to the to, close to the close to the bed. What, what's an, your? An increasing number of hotels now do not have clock radios because they think you know everybody's carrying a sure. phone and that's got the time on it. So right. yeah, if you have to put your phone on the other side of the room, then how do you know what time it is? In the middle of the night. Okay, uh, this gentleman's, th- this this writer's uh, pet peeve lines up with mine. He says if he checks into a hotel and they have one ply toilet paper, he makes a note, never goes back. Oh, yeah. Well, I uh, a lot of times travel with my, my own six-ply. Uh, Mike, our <laughs> producer today, his, his is one I, I'm aligned with, too, and that is odd smells. Ah, odd smell in a hotel room. I mean, that, Oh yeah, I mean, my wife. Uh, when we walk into a hotel room, if it doesn't, if it has any kind of strange odors, whatever, yeah, uh, yeah we we start looking. Uh oh. Um, listen, here is a really good tip about hotels that I wanted to share, and I, I've sat on this for two weeks because I wanted to have a chance to try it out in a hotel, and wouldn't you know, this actually worked, which is kind of alarming. Um, hotels, some hotels still have safes. And they're actually coming back in, in, in vogue. More and more hotels mm-hmm. are offering a safe in the room. So you go in and you activate it by entering a code that is exclusive to you, and that's the only way the safe can open. However, the hotel has to have a way to open the safe without your code. So there is a secret code that they have that will open the safe. 
Guess and you what? found out what it was. Guess what? Frequently, what? this writer says, frequently hotels use 0000, or 1234 as the code. <laughs> I went to a hotel in Palm Springs last week, entered 1234 after I had entered my own code, entered 1234, and the safe opened. Oh, boy. So, to those of you who use in-room safes, just know that the hotel has a way to get in and that frequently it is something very common and very easy. So that negates any level of security that that is providing you. So you're welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, for that $5,000 that you didn't lose next in the in the hotel room. When we come back after this break, we're going to, Tom, we're going to tell folks what people consider to be the best gift cards to get at Christmas time, what travelers consider to be the best gift cards. Well, I guess that means that it's the last segment of the travel guys for this, you know, the night before Christmas or the, 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 the day, day before the, the night day bef- before the day before the, the night before, before Christmas. Christmas. Yes. 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 Did Mark you know that, the travel guys? Did you know that portions of us were pre-recorded? Yeah, I heard that on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. Occasionally, we have. Well, they use that all and, the time. That must be some sort of new legal thing that they do here. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's it. If you wonder, all the what, commercials, all the commercials are pre-recorded. If you wonder what radio hosts and producers talk about during commercial breaks, uh, sometimes it's things like one ply toilet paper uh, um, was the big topic there during the three minutes that we were away from you. So. Yes, if if I go to some place and it's one ply toilet paper, I'm immediately suspicious of everything else in the building because if you stooped that low, I don't trust you with anything. I mean literally. Okay, um gift cards have become incredibly popular. Many travelers get gift cards at Christmas time. Uh I know some travelers who specifically have certain requests at at Christmas time. So well, since you're since you're in the business and yeah. you work, oh, you've got a staff that are travelers and so forth. You should have a great insight, the best insight of anybody on the planet as to what the best gift card for a traveler would be. Nobody would have a better bead on that than than Mark. Absolutely no one. Uh huh. Except perhaps our friends at Wallet Hub might oh. contribute to something <laughs> to this because they have methodologies for figuring all this stuff out that we don't have we just say well this is my favorite one and here's why um they the folks at wallet hub uh wanted want to know if there's a, ch- a shipping fee if you buy it online um if it's a physical gift card is there a charge is there a purchase fee or any type of of surcharge when you buy it um is there a discount to buying a card online is there when it, you go to resell it in the secondary market, how valuable is that card? You know, if you have a Starbucks card for 50 bucks, how much can you get for it in the secondary market, which therefore gives you an idea of what it's worth? So I will tell you that the best gift cards for 2023, based on what it costs you to purchase them, in other words, mm-hmm. what kind of fees and stuff, Starbucks is number one. Um, Sephora is number two, and then it goes Target, Disney, and here is a real surprise, Chick-fil-A is the fifth most popular gift card in the country. Now, when you go to Travelers, 
when you go to Travelers and their gift card popularities, it's a little different. So if you haven't bought for the Traveler and you're that last-minute person who goes to the grocery store and you're, all gift shopping is done in five minutes as you pull gift cards off the rack, um, the number one most popular gift card with Travelers is a Visa gift card. It also offers one of the least values in terms of what it costs and what it will return to folks. But with Travelers, Visa gift cards are number one. Amazon are number two because Travelers say, when I'm on the road and I don't have time to go get something, I can order something and have it delivered to my hotel room, oftentimes within the same day or within a day. So that saves a lot of time on the road. So Amazon gift cards, very popular. Target, Starbucks is fourth, and then Disney, American Express, eBay, iTunes. Notice there isn't a single airline there. And number 10, once again, is those good folks at Chick-fil-A. Um, folks are eating a lot more chicken than they are beef from fast food. Uh, the consumption of beef is dropping, and the consumption of chicken is going up. That's because Chick-fil-A has that marketing campaign with those guys dressed like cows saying, eat more chicken. How, Just, interest, yeah. how interesting there are lots and lots of restaurants that are in the top 50 for travelers, but the only airline in the top 50 for gift cards is Southwest at number 46. Wow. I like to give Southwest points. That's, that's like, like giving nothing. <laughs> well, do you remember do you, do you remember when the lottery first came to California and everybody thought it was so cool to give lottery tickets mm-hmm. scratch offs to people they buy ten dollars worth of and give them to people and, and think wow man I, I I could be giving you tens thousands of dollars uh-huh. or I, you could be getting nothing but then that never happened so people stopped giving those is that sort of your point yeah bottom line it was it was a fad it was yeah. it was new it was uh, unique i have two lists here that came out this week one is what are the most stressful airports in the country and the other is what are the best airports to use in the country so in other words the best and the worst mm-hmm. would you believe in the top 10 five of the airports are the same uh, believe it oh, or both not, both sides of the fence. Yeah. Both sides of the fence. Denver made uh, number one on most stressful, and is number six in most comfortable because it has a wide variety of eating establishments and a lot more lounges per capita. Um, O'Hare makes the the worst list, but doesn't make the best list. San Francisco makes the best list, as and Los Angeles makes most of them. I get the San Francisco thing. Another one of their criteria is size of the concourse. So if there's a lot of room to be able to walk down the concourses, and how many restrooms do they have? So kind of interesting. Here's what we're going to have to take a look at next week. It says, suggests that new research suggests direct bookings with airlines are more expensive than booking with online travel agencies. So I'll do some work on that, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. In the meantime, uh, have a great Christmas. And remember to dance like nobody's watching. All right, my friends. Thanks for joining us. We are the Travel Guys. Remember, TravelGuysRadio.com. See you next week.